Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Keep look comes first. On my guest lines right now uh, from the Kansas City Star is sports columnist Vahe Gregorian. Vahe, Jody Mack here on CBS Sports Radio. How are things in KC these days? <laughs> Jody Mack, good to be with you. Things are good. Uh you know, there's a lot of cities that don't have a Super Bowl going on, let alone cities that have a, a second in a row. So I think uh, this has lifted Kansas City in a, in a way that um, is, is particularly notable during these awful COVID times. Understandable, very much so. Um, all right, I'm going to give you three C's to choose from. And I know you guys don't have the access that you usually do in non-COVID seasons to be able to talk to players and people within the organization and the coaching staff. You are given some availability, but not nearly as much. So it's a reserved opinion that you're going to give me, but I want one just the same. If I describe the way the Kansas City Chiefs are handling themselves these days in their demeanor and what they're saying, would you say it's more confident, cocky, or conservative? I think confident nails it. I, I feel like they, uh, they, they've had the right mindset about this all along. I mean, a lot of teams, probably every team talks about the next one right away after they win, right? And, things like Dynasty and things like that. But the Chiefs started converting that to, to their energy, I think, right away. Um, I think that if, if you look at what happened this season, they followed up winning a Super Bowl with their best regular season in franchise history. And, you know, they won 14 of 15 games Patrick Mahomes started. And I think it's 24 of the last 25 or 25 of the last 26. And one of the reasons really was that they didn't settle into some kind of oh, this is just going to happen, and we've got this going. I think they, they had the right uh, frame of mind. And I think the other thing that happened that we should bear in mind, some people saw this as a weakness or a vulnerability, but I think we can see in hindsight that it certainly was uh, sort of strengthening a muscle. All those games they won by one score or fewer, including seven in a row by a total of 27 points, I think that that, that only added to this belief that Whatever the situation, they're going to come through. And that started with, you know, an NFL record last year winning all three postseason games uh, after being down double digits. That's very true. They've shown the ability to 
deal with difficult situations. Now, the wagering public might not be happy because they hadn't covered a game in two months before last (laughs) week when they did, but uh, your point about them dealing with tougher situations and hardening the overall uh, outer layer of the team is probably pretty darn accurate. You mentioned uh, the fact that they won 14 out of 15 with Mahomes starting. What happened in that Raider game this year? And is there something that can be unfurled there that Tampa can get a look at? Because, oh, you played them tough. Yeah, but the Chiefs won. I was within the score game. Yeah, but the Chiefs won. The only game that didn't happen this year was the game against the Raiders. What happened that day? And do you think Tampa Bay will go to work on that? Well, I think if I'm Tampa Bay, I, I am drilling into that game. But I, I'm not sure if it still has relevance. I, I do think this, that... The Chiefs had some communications issues in the defensive backfield. Uh, they had, uh, I think that was Bashad Breeland's first game back, which theoretically should have been an asset. But I think some things were scrambled. But I also do think if there was any uh, temptation or any moment uh, where the Chiefs were staring at a, a line where they thought they could just show up and win, that played out that day. Um, and. I, I I think that that is a, a classic loss that, that made them better. I think that they were um, pretty galvanized by the thought that, you know what, we we weren't at our best, and we can lose when we're not at our best. And I think that's, that's played out. And I, I do believe they know this. When they are at their best, I, I think they, they, they know, if not fully expect, whatever term you'd apply to it, that they'll win. By A. Gregorian from the Kansas City Star, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, from the unfortunate, some people would look at it unfortunate, much like the Chiefs not covering for two months, but then doing so last week, and using that as a positive. Is there any positive to be taken out of the fact that Eric Bieniemy is still their offensive coordinator and is going to be staying their offensive coordinator? Because once again, even though he's one of the more viable candidates and more talked about candidates, he did not get one of the job openings to become a head coach elsewhere. Does that have any effect on the players? Well, I think if you, uh, if you see any of the coverage or any of the sorts of things that have come out about this, virtually – Every player on the team has heartily endorsed Eric, Eric Bieniemy in ways well beyond anything that would be perfunctory or just something you think they have to say. So I don't know if it is a direct motivational point in this game, but I do think it, it's reasonable to assume that that's part of their, uh, their you know, extra incentive, right? And I do think it's funny. These guys are paid a lot of money, and um, – there's every reason to be inspired to play every time, but, but this is also not unlike a lot of other teams that likes to find uh, things to feel disrespected about. Um, you know, we've seen it with uh, Patrick Mahomes count to 10 during that game with the Bears and, and, you know, to kind of illustrate that the Bears took Trubisky ahead of him, uh, things like that. And I think that uh, they're not above concocting things, so when there's something that's kind of real that feels like a point of disrespect, you know, that might be in their mindset a little bit. Much like last week in the two championship games, both of which were rematches during the regular from games during the regular season, and both games went the same way that they did in the regular season. And I'm sure Chief fans are hoping that's the case for the third consecutive big game played because these two teams did meet. It was week 12, so it 
it's a couple of uh, months ago, but it's not all the way back to September either. And it was a bit of a wild game, 27-24. Mahomes went nuts in the first quarter, finding Tyreek Evan, uh, Tyreek uh, for major plays downfield hill for a 45 and 77, something ridiculous like that. They got an easy, comfortable lead going to the fourth quarter. Bucks scored two touchdowns, actually make it a field goal game with three or four minutes left. Uh, give us your thoughts on that game. Does it play at all in this game, or are these two different teams at two different times at this stage? Well, that, that's that's the, the, the great unknown, I guess. I, I do think every game tends to take on its own dynamics, even if it's, you know, a lot of the same people. Uh, some of the personnel is a little different because of injuries and, and people back from injuries, things like that. But I think the basic schematic of it all is, is pretty similar. Um I imagine the the Buccaneers will be incentivized to to you know have six guys covering Tyree Kill, and you know I think they'll have to figure out you know what gives from that. And obviously I'm exaggerating, but but you would think that they would uh, they would prioritize uh, <laughs> containing him. But it's just it's just interesting to think about this. This this is something that always happens, right? How how it starts to unfold dominoes into what what comes later and. The other takeaway from that game with the Chiefs really was that that was another one of those. It was in the middle of that seven-game winning streak by one score or fewer that, you know, they, they find ways to drain it out and, and play. They play a, little, a bit more complimentary football these days than they did in Mahomes' first year when you just figured they've got to outscore everybody because the defense is just no good. Now I think, that, you know, they'll, they'll do things on – either side of the ball that reflects the fact that, that they, they know it has to be each aspect, each component um, playing into it. We know the Kansas City offense is a machine and the trigger man is your dynamite young quarterback. Who's the most important defensive player for the Chiefs in this game? Well, I think it reflexively you'd say Tyron Matthew just because um, he's not only a great player, but he's really um, kind of the, you know, cliche but true quarterback on the defense and kind of the spiritual uh, leader in a lot of ways, as is Frank Clark, by the way. I mean, there's, there's, some, there's some fire there, but, you know, Tyron Matthew makes a lot of plays that, that don't show up in the box score, whether it's, you know, turning a play inside or uh, just being in the right spot. And he set a tone that, that has made a – you know, watching film, glamorous almost for for uh, his his teammates and him, and and I think that um, the other thing we have seen, and Juan Thornhill is uh, a factor now that he's back at safety, sort of full speed after the injury last year. They didn't have him in the postseason last year, and the last three or four games, um, in particular, three or four games where they suited up the varsity, not counting the the Chargers last game necessarily. Um, they they have covered uh, terrific. They've been terrific in coverage and in, in man-to-man coverage, and I think that's uh, that's going to be you know crucial in this game. And obviously, trying to get to Brady a little bit is paramount. And they do have uh, a defensive coordinator that that's at times had kryptonite for Brady and Steve Spagnolo. The Chiefs this year went basically 14-1. and one. You can call them 14-2 the last game. They played the uh, backups to JB and came up a little short against the Chargers. But prior to that, 
they had gone eight for eight on the road this year. Both of their playoff wins, of course, came at home. But they haven't lost a road game this year. And they've got to play a road game in the Super Bowl. First time ever in the history of the Super Bowl, somebody's got to play a road game. Because it's usually a neutral site game. That's not the case here. Tampa actually has home field advantage. But we are still playing in a coronavirus world. Has anybody talked about that at all? Is that an added uh, factor that we should be putting into the equation for trying to figure out who's going to win next Sunday? Well, it's interesting. I, I assume that in the record books, this will still be viewed as a neutral site game, but I, obviously it's a little different than that. And I think one thing that's interesting with Andy Reid, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but throughout his career, Andy Reid's road and home record have been actually fairly fairly similar and I, again not having the numbers in front of me i believe uh, among coaches that have coached 100 games or more andy Reid has the best road record in nfl history um so you know if you put that in the blender and and yeah. you know mulch it up i guess you, you could you could figure well a it's it's not going to be a, a really damaging factor then b of course you've got a uh, minimal crowd and then c <laughs> Back to one of the things we talked about before. Maybe, uh, maybe the Chiefs will make that a little bit of a rallying point. How they're, you know, the number one seed, but they're playing on the road, that kind of thing. I asked at the top of the interview, how are things in KC this these days? And you gave us a on-point uh, uh, un- answer. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to turn back the clock a little bit. You were in town and covering uh, the overall sports beat when the Royals won the World Series several years ago, yay, nay? I was. I was. You were. Compare the Royals' win, because I know that's a pretty damn good baseball town, to the Chiefs' win in the Super Bowl, and I know it's a very good football town. Which rocked the town more? And if the answer is the Chiefs, do you believe a second Super Bowl championship could top last year's, or will it be old hat? Well, it's a little complicated, I guess, because there's different ways you could measure all this, right? I mean, for instance, if the Chiefs win a second straight Super Bowl, they'll be just the ninth team to ever do that. And that, that puts you in elite company. Um, and I think understanding that the nucleus is pretty young still, that Mahomes is pretty young still, it sure makes you feel like, okay, this is locked in a little bit. Um, remember, remember this about the Chiefs. Before they won last year, here's an interesting uh, number for you. They had been 4-16 and 16 in the postseason since their last Super Bowl win uh, in the first 48 years after that. 4-16 and 16 in the postseason. They're now 6-1 and one in the Mahomes era in the postseason. So it's really flipped the, the sense of what to expect. Uh, I think faith from fans, uh, all that. But I, to go back to the Royals thing, you know, the magic of that was that at that point, other than the MLS championship that Sporting KC had won, Kansas City had gone, you know, 20-plus years of, of, of a lot of futility. The Royals hadn't even been to the postseason between 1985 and 2014. And so it blew the lid off a, a certain defeatism around here, I think, and that, that was its own thing in a way that was a little different than the Chiefs finally winning. I do believe the Chiefs, just you know, paralleling the sort of general popularity of the NFL and, and also the Chiefs' traditional place here, that there probably is, is a, a different kind of energy to that that, that maybe, maybe eclipsed the Royals in a certain way. But 
but I, because the Royals thing came first, I think that that, that had its own magic that, uh, that, that, you know, funneled into the Chiefs a little bit. That's about as tremendous a hedge answer I've heard in a long time. Uh, you, you played both sides of the street very well and explained it outstandingly. Uh, I appreciate you coming on board with us. Good stuff. Do you want to get you going down or are you uh, staying home watching it on TV and reporting from there? I, I'm going down there on, on Friday. It's a little different year. Uh, you know, the teams aren't even going in until later in the week and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's funny. It's a, the traditional Super Bowl media day chaos tomorrow is going to be a lot of Zoom calls. Travel safe. Enjoy. We appreciate a couple minutes of your time here with us tonight. Hey, Jody Mack. Thanks. Glad to be with you anytime. My pleasure. But, hey, Gregorian calmness for the Kansas City Star in KC getting prepped for the Chiefs and the Bucks in the big game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.